You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right with host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am excited to share another hour with you. Safety and security are basic needs of humanity in general. Maslow's hierarchy of needs places this as the foundational need of all people. When safety and security is threatened, human psychological studies show that the survival of the fittest mode kicks in. When this happens in a society consistently, social Darwinism takes over and all other human development needs become forgotten. It is in every living creature's instinct to survive. Nobody can dispute that. Even our allowing pets will turn vicious if they feel we're threatening their lives. Understand this is critical for shaping a society that assures safety and security for its citizens before we can plan any social progress. Talking about social progress as education, healthy eating, housing, employment, economic development, so on and so forth, all will be an exercise in futility if we cannot provide for the basic need of mankind, safety and security. One area that needs uh, the ugly head of this particular issue keeps rearing its head across this country and the world today. And some of the situations are around minorities, whether in this country or in other countries, are coming into contact with law enforcement, whether it's police, military. We are seeing a dearth of these situations happen all across the world and all around us. And the only way to deal with this is actually stand up and say this is becoming an epidemic. This is an issue we need to deal with, recognize it, and then start having an actual conversation, knowing that we're all coming to the table with our biases. We all have our biases. And when these kind of situations come to a head, instincts are what gonna take over and all sides the biases come into play. In order to help us get past this and help shape our actions through courageous conversations, I have invited two uh, important people in our community who are doing invaluable work in bridging the divide between citizens and law enforcement. So this episode, Building Safe Communities via Citizen Law Enforcement Partnership, is dedicated to having that deep conversation. And joining me today on the show uh, are Regina Brent and Paul Scott, who are representing Unity Partnership, a not-for-profit organization in the greater Chicago area focused on overcoming biases to build safe, diverse communities with the understanding 
that respect for everyone and everybody's civil liberties are important. And if every one of us don't have it, then none of us really have it. Scott and uh, Paul and Regina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Paul, I would like to start the conversation with you. Why don't you take a moment and talk to our audience about what in your life journey brought you to this point where you wanted to get engaged in this dialogue and then go past the dialogue and be a change agent in shaping our community so that we all feel safe? Okay. Um, thank you for uh, having us on today. And uh, the, the direct involvement in matters of law enforcement and uh, uh, community trust building, and that's kind of how I see it, is that we are working with communities to try and help build trust with law enforcement because where there is no trust, uh, I believe there will be very, very uh, difficult uh, uh, road uh, to travel in order mm-hmm. to help fight crime. You know, there is a connection. Yes. Uh, it's a matter of uh, law enforcement versus policing, where law enforcement means enforcing the laws. Policing mm-hmm. is defined as the way of getting people to buy into solutions uh, related to uh enforcing laws and to voluntarily comply to help police do their job. So successful uh, crime fighting, I think, really requires community involvement. And that mm-hmm. is uh, that only happens where there is trust. But uh, my involvement uh, started in a real sense back in 2015 when I was serving as the uh, treasurer for the DuPage County NAACP. And okay. one of the parents from our um, uh, young people's uh, group, uh, uh, reported that the police were afraid, the kids were afraid of the police. Mm-hmm. And uh, she spoke to the executive committee of the NAACP and said, you know, we, we need to get engaged and find out what the problem is. So we set up a meeting with Naperville PD and we mm-hmm. met with them to basically try and get some sense of why the children were afraid of them. And mm-hmm. after that conversation, we developed a relationship. And this happened around the time of the release of the Laquan McDonald tapes, as you recall. Uh, he was the young man who uh-huh. was uh, uh, killed by Chicago police. Yes. And uh, I was also working with our uh, uh, Bloomingdale Township Democratic Organization and, and uh, in, in very, very uh, red debate County, and I'm a Democrat. Uh, so the question came, you know, how do we make ourselves uh, more relevant out here? And I just kind of threw out in a meeting, hey, why don't we talk about policing and safety? And so somebody said, okay, pursue that. I'll find out uh, what we can do to, to to put something together that makes sense for the community, uh, and, and it'll be something that we, uh, you know, initiated by our organization. So I went to the uh, the police chiefs in our township and, and began to talk about something called Keep Your Family Safe. And the idea uh, of that uh, panel discussion, which included the chiefs from from uh, Bloomingdale, Glendale Heights, Roselle, uh, Hanover Park, Carroll Stream, and the Sheriff's Office, the idea was that safety means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, uh, safety on the one hand might mean uh, making sure that my bicycle is not uh, stolen from me while I'm riding down the, the nice, safe streets of Main Street in one of our township cities on the one hand. But on the other hand, safety might mean when I get pulled over by the police, that I am not somehow worse for wear from either being injured or charged or, or in some instances, hurt, you know, seriously or, or even killed. Mm-hmm. 
so that was the kind of discussion that we hoped to have, and we invited uh, people from across the township, um, from various uh, ethnic groups and uh, religious uh, traditions, and we uh, we put the panel together. And from there, um, I don't remember exactly how I got engaged with uh, Regina uh, and the work that she was doing uh, with a group called Diversity, um, a diversity group out of DuPage County, but... Uh, based on the work I had done over here in the township, uh, I got engaged with uh, a Unity Partnership, as it later became known. And we 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 saw as a common interest the desire on the part of law enforcement uh, to try and tear down some of the uh, historical uh, impediments to trust building. I mean, they mm-hmm. knew that there was a different view held of them by the majority community and by the minority community, but I, I think they had a sense of how much different it was. And what we were able to uh, decipher is that uh, some, you know, very uh, thoughtful, intelligent, uh, you know, p- thinking people who educated, you know, uh, really, really the kinds of people who are, are very thoughtful in every way. When you when you started talking about policing, they literally would say. No, we don't really want to engage there because we really don't trust the police. And everybody had a story. Everyone. I mean, you know, uh, it, it started off, my, my conversations were with African Americans, but as I talked to people across the uh, racial spectrum, uh, everybody had a story about how it is that they knew someone or they knew an incident or they themselves had had an experience where they came away feeling less than trusting in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how uh, I got engaged. And, and so the idea was that we have to do something about this. We have to find something that confirms what we are being told by law enforcement daily, which is that policing is changing, that they are making strides and that they are doing things uh, unlike they used to do them. Uh, you know, when they were pretty much able to do whatever they wanted to, and there was not much oversight, and then they, and they admit that there were times when, when there were people within their ranks who perhaps did not, uh, you know, treat everyone right or well or appropriately, but that things are changing. And and so what what we've been focusing on, particularly me, I'm part of the uh, law enforcement committee. Okay. Particularly, I'm interested in knowing what do you have that I can take. Uh, in the form of metrics and share with the community that will confirm for them unequivocally that things have changed. Now, we, mm-hmm. we meet with them a lot, and we talk about, uh, you know, getting involved and, uh, you know, understanding something about how law enforcement works and working with children and that kind of thing. But we've gotten to a point now where I believe it's really important that we have metrics that we can take a look at and that we can share mm-hmm. with the community. And, and on things like, uh, you know, uh, stops and, uh, uh, I don't know, arrests and, uh, you know, all of the pieces that make up uh, the mm-hmm. law enforcement activity, both in policing and within the, the, uh, the external part of policing, which goes into the, uh, the larger criminal justice system. And we are looking for things that we can do of a substantive nature that mm-hmm. can help people understand, you know, that things are changing in law enforcement. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my journey. And now my focus is on really trying to drill down with law enforcement, not only in DuPage County, but everywhere that we have a reach. And we've gone from Lake County on the on the, the north to uh, mm-hmm. Orland Park on the south, down to Springfield, okay. 
and elsewhere in an effort to, to in my, the way I describe it is to try and elevate the profession. And this is, mm-hmm. I don't say this with any sense that, you know, I know more about law enforcement than law enforcement does, but I'm suggesting that based on the kind of work we've been doing and the kind of investment we've made in time, that we see differences in how departments do things. Mm-hmm. And I think I've concluded that the profession itself is in need of some type of an elevation to a, a minimum level of expectation on citizens' parts so that they know kind of as I travel across the, mm-hmm. the breadth of the county and the state that I will see something similar here as I see there. And I've used the term of uh, the McDonaldization of policing as, as sort of a, a catchphrase to uh, to talk about, you know, kind of what I'm, what I'm referring to there. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. So it'll be nice to have a basic rules of engagement where citizens can expect a certain standard from yes. law enforcement, and that then allows to gauge the level of trust we're able to build because we trust something that is consistent, right? That's Good, correct. bad, or indifferent, that, if it's consistent, you know, we, we then the we can start improving it. We the best hamburger that we can eat, but you know if we buy it in New York and we buy it in Los Angeles, it's going to taste about the same. You know? Yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. it's predictable. Yes. So that's the kind uh-huh. of logic I was using with that. Okay, that makes total sense. So first yeah. bring about consistency because you can't improve anything when it's inconsistent. And we know even within a particular department, different people can have different approaches, right? Forget That's law correct. enforcement. Just take the example of Starbucks. One Starbucks yes. employee ended up doing something that calls into question everything the entire Starbucks company does, right? So That's right. We need to somehow figure out a way, and I agree with you, that bringing about that consistency is the first step. And then once we have the consistency, then what do we need to do to improve the quality on the law enforcement side? And then what do we need to do with the citizens in terms of getting them to engage by helping them overcome their biases, right? There's biases on both sides. Yeah, it, I think on the citizen side, it's, it's more a, a, an unwillingness to engage out of a sense of, of fear, number one. Yes. And mm-hmm. secondly, uh, related to that is the lack of trust. And, and when I say fear, I, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I, I quote a, a story from a friend of mine who I was telling about some of the work I do and how I wanted to go and sit down with some chiefs to talk about some problems in a particular town. And, and her answer to me was, I'll go with you, but I'm not driving my car. And as I pursued that, the answer was, yeah, I don't want to know my driver's license, my, my license plate number. Now, that's a real concern from an educated, intelligent person who, who wants to be engaged, but there is this, this, this sense of fear, retribution, and so forth that exists in our community uh, that makes people reticent to uh, get engaged. I know. I know. And, and that's sad, right? So it is truly learning to trust and then using that trust to start behaving differently. So with that thought, we're going to go in for our first break. We come back and we'll continue this conversation, Paul. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, 
processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are joining us in the episode, Building Safe Communities, They are Citizen Law Enforcement Partnership. Paul, welcome back to the show. I have Thank a question you. following up um, on the conversation we were having. You're talking about traveling to the various communities, talking to the leaders in law enforcement, trying to figure out how to establish that baseline that is... Uh, the reliable, consistent measure that people see it over and over again so that that becomes the barometer for building trust. But change is Mm -hmm. not easy for all sides, right? Citizens are not going to trust just because they saw it once. Law enforcement is not going to want to change just because somebody talked to them. How are you dealing with that uh, force against change because the resistance to change is real? Well, that's a really, really tough area. Um, and, you know, it, it's uh, it's made even tougher by the fact that uh, it, it seems to run in spurts, but there are stories, you know, story after story pops up on a daily or weekly basis, for sure, of some incident that is, I will grant, partly presented, but the initial um, picture that you get when you're watching these stories on television or on, on uh, you know, on, on uh, the Internet is that mm-hmm. this looks awful. And, you know, um, the result is that this feeds into the, uh, the, the already held beliefs that, you know, they're still doing it. Nothing has changed. There's no proof that, uh, the policies have changed that, you know, and, and, um, and it's always, it, it, somehow it always gets around to the question of race and, um, you know, the fact that, uh, it looks as though we are always showing pictures of, uh, minority, uh, Populations uh, having their um, having their bodies hurt or otherwise, uh, you know, affected by 
white officers. Now that's, that perception, um, is, um, is partly correct, but, you know, it is not just, um, uh, African Americans or, or people of color who have complaints. The, the goal, uh, I think has to be to find a way of getting engaged proactively, and that's what we've been trying to do, get engaged now before something goes bad, and to have people air out what it is they believe, some of which will be true, some of which will be coming from a really bizarre and wild and strange place, but to get it out on the table and talk about it on both sides of the, the conversation, because mm-hmm. you know we know that uh, all people engaged in the field of law enforcement don't come in the same. You know, they don't drop from outer space with uh, a certain kind of attitude and so forth. We are the results of our uh, socialization uh, up to this point. And the same thing is true from the other side, but on both sides of uh, of the equation also, I think people, you know, reinforce their views and feelings about what they see by looking for more supportive information about that in the news and on, on uh, social media and the like. Mm-hmm. So my challenge to law enforcement is to do this. Find something difficult to do that takes you somewhere out of your comfort zone that does not affect your safety or the safety of the citizen and do it. An example of that would be uh, non-enforcement contacts. So, you know, rather than us going out and looking for crimes to solve, how about if we go out and find a, a few ways that we can engage with citizens without the mm-hmm. force of law being involved, just to let them know that we are citizens, too. We are concerned about you, and mm-hmm. we really do believe that having your cooperation will make our jobs easier. Mm-hmm. And that That's is such an interesting point, Paul. So that office. brings up a question in my mind. Now, public safety involves both fire and police. The fire departments have a complete polar opposite relationship with citizens. And there are communities where the firefighters and police are the same force. They they are police and fire at the same time. They're trained to do both and they move around between the two departments. Rosemont is one of those departments. What can we do to bring the different aspects of public safety to work together and use the trust that people have in the fire department and leverage that to rub off on the police and vice versa? Is there something we can do? Because what I see is in communities like Bensonville, the fire chief and the police chief go out and do things together so that they truly build that public trust and they make it a concerted effort. Well, um, it's interesting you bring up Bensonville. I was uh, in Bensonville last uh, week uh, working on a traffic uh, stops uh, event where we talked about the dynamics of a traffic stop. And we didn't have any fire people there, but, you know, I, I guess... Maybe they do work together. I wasn't aware of that. But the the challenge, I think, is to get the conversation going and to my, my, my request has been, why don't we allow our police officers to anonymously pose questions to the larger communities, you know, to the minority communities, because, you know, it's not, it's not comfortable for them to ask questions that, that may be perceived as, you know, racially oriented or racist in nature when, in fact, they are just inquiries for information. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, I think if there's a way for the citizenry to ask questions of law enforcement in an anonymous fashion, 
And then maybe once those questions are, are pulled together, maybe sit down and talk about the answers to these questions uh, with people who really are engaged and who have invested some time and energy into understanding some of these things to tear down some of the misconceptions on both sides of the, uh, the divide. So mm-hmm. that, that's one solution, I think, is to, to uh, reach it. You know, reach that kind of a, a conversation, mm-hmm. and I think also, also um, it is to um, redouble the efforts of law enforcement to acknowledge that that in DuPage County and a lot of suburban communities, the dynamics are changing, that the uh, demographics are changing, and they need to redouble their efforts to get people from other communities to join the departments. Now, part of the problem is that. Um, there seems to be a, a diminishment of people who are interested in going into the profession overall, but it's very difficult to get minorities to apply for jobs in, in communities that are, you know, uh, have very, very low minority uh, populations. And you know, that, that's a whole other discussion there. But uh, it, it's a matter of redoubling efforts, going out to schools, maybe getting people in high school to begin thinking about these professions and trying to get, uh, you know, more diversity in the hiring ranks. And, and a lot of these communities, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a lot of these communities, particularly when they're under 25,000, are what are called non-home rule towns. And this is mm-hmm. down to the uh, rules governing hiring that are, are uh, pushed down on them by the state. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have, the police chiefs have very little discretion in terms of some of the things that they have to do in terms of, you know, who gets hired. But there may be some things that can be done there by recommending and, and uh, you know, encouraging uh, minorities and the villages themselves to try and get more diversity in terms of the selection process for who comes onto the job. And, of course, training, retraining, continued training is a huge issue. Uh, we don't have the time, time to talk about it now, but uh, uh, there is... You know, there's some question about the, the mandatory nation of the mandatory nature of additional training in such a very, very uh, difficult profession. You know, mm-hmm. that one takes on as a police officer. Mm-hmm. And that makes total so sense. Says, you know, I, I really want to thank you for having me. Uh, on today. This has been great, and I really hope we can have another chance to talk about some of the Oh, definitely, definitely, Paul. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. I loved your insights. I am sure the audience have, uh, um, you know, gathered a lot of valuable insights from this conversation, and this is definitely something we need to continue, and maybe we should continue this conversation with a couple of law enforcement officers on the uh, conversation as well as maybe even include somebody from the public safety fire department so we can I truly look it. at it from a public safety perspective and how yeah. do we build a more inclusive, safe community. Thank you so I much, Paul. It. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. And Regina, as we continue this conversation, um, I want you to start thinking about how can we as individual citizens start um, engaging in making this happen and how do we uh, bring people into the conversation to engage without fear because both mm-hmm. parties too need, too need to be there to tango, right? So to That's me, right. while we address the law enforcement side, there are a tremendous amount of biases on the civilian side, and that's equally important to talk about. And let's jump into that side of the conversation when we come back from break. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company 
She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are rejoining us in the episode, Building Safe Communities, via Citizen Law Enforcement Partnership. Regina, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Dr. Henry. So I want you to take a moment and talk about what you have observed in the trepidations from a citizen perspective in engaging with law enforcement and what can we do? Those of us who work with all parties and who see that there is biases all around. How can we help our communities overcome their own biases and willing to meet the law enforcement pathway when law enforcement is working with us to build a safer community? Well, as you said previously in your introduction, number one, you you have to be able to provide safety and security for citizens. Mm -hmm. You have to let them know that you're there to serve and protect, that Mm -hmm. while we are in their uh, I would say uh, custody or being uh, while they're inquiring uh, about what it is that's happening at the time, we need to feel like we're, we're safe in their company uh, and that until they are uh, clear on what the problems are at that point in time, that we are treated like human beings, mm-hmm. uh, that we get a chance to tell our story, our side of the story, uh, why we are in a certain area. Um, We need to be able to let them know that we have needs, such as the Starbucks situation. Um, Mm -hmm. Now we're we're sort of, as a race, a minority race, 
uh, with Starbucks, where where some of us are feeling uh, very insecure about going into one of those establishments because of the fact that law enforcement was allowed to come in without, I understand, asking very few questions. And uh, these young men said that they were not even read their Miranda rights. So, therefore, they could not feel secure, not only in Starbucks, but even being arrested. So until you understand my, that I need to feel safe and, and have some type of security and that you re- review me and you regard me as a human being, as you said before, we cannot shape the society be- um, uh, before we can continue with social progress. Mm-hmm. The society has to be shaped for us to regard one another first as a human race mm-hmm. and not as whatever race we are, the color of our mm-hmm. skin. We have to just be regarded as human beings. So mm-hmm. I would venture to say in order to be able to have those of like minds to sit down so that we could try to attempt to build a safe communities for citizens there must be a conversation of the opposite people that we're concerned about. And that conversation took place with me a couple of years ago in a parking lot doing the Sandra mm-hmm. Bland uh, procession with okay. a chief who was very open to hearing what it is I had to say regarding uh, our community. And then you spoke about how do we engage without fear, yes. without fear, so that if I know that all I have to do if I call the police or the police is called, that I don't have to worry about being afraid of what may happen to me from an unjust base. For instance, uh, you will speak to me as if I'm an adult, first of all. Mm -hmm. You will regard me as a citizen because Mm -hmm. the police is on the scene. And they have a policy and procedure they're supposed to abide by for all of the people, all of the races. Everyone that is of any concern is supposed to be treated justifiably. And in taking those guys out of that establishment, I've been told by many chiefs that they have a certain type of discretion they can use in order to, once they hear the situation, once they don't feel any threat or Mm -hmm. anything, their job is to remove you from the premises if that be the case. However, once you're off off the premises, they could have used some kind of discretion uh, Mm -hmm. by saying to those young men, we had to remove you simply because the establishment required us to do that. And our policy and procedure says we can do that. Therefore, if you go back into that establishment, we will be forced to come and arrest you. But for now, you can leave. From what I understand, those guys were taken down to the station and they were held against their will for eight hours. Mm-hmm. That's when you don't recognize my human needs. That's when you're not providing a safe and secure place for me because Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything to become a threat to anyone. And so we can't move on with trust until that type of action is eradicated and understood by those Mm -hmm. who are inflicting such on us. 
Mm-hmm. And so this becomes a conundrum when we have multiple ethnicities in one community, right? I'm looking at a city like Chicago. I go into a Starbucks. My barista can be Asian. My barista could be African-American. My barista could be Hispanic. My barista could be Caucasian, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't feel out of place going into one of those places because Chicago is a very diverse community. But if certain young people dressed a certain way come in slightly larger groups, every one of these businesses in Chicago get a little on guard. And Mm -hmm. it is not a racial thing, but it is uh, a generational, and there's a generation of a certain class of uh, young people who may just think doing certain things is fun, or they may be in gangs, and the way they wear their hats, and the way Mm -hmm. they dress indicate that they're in a gang. Um, Mm -hmm. And I live in a condo building where downstairs is both Verizon and T-Mobile phone companies. They actually Mm -hmm. have a security guard up front. When two or more young people of a particular generation come in, it's the security who asks them what they need. And if they're not there to actually buy a phone, Mm -hmm. they're asked to vacate the premises. And that is to protect the devices because young young people of different ethnicities who are in gangs come into these stores and take electronics to sell in the open for money, right? So we also have that urban problem Mm-hmm. How do we then balance that out? Because it's no longer a racial thing. And even people within the same race in Chicago, we have a lot of black cops, right? Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we deal with this even beyond the race? Because we truly have a situation where there is a segment of the community that will do anything for money, and then there is mm-hmm. the rest of the community who wants to have a safe environment. And guns are in everybody's hands. You know, uh, Dr. Henry, I was honored uh, for the fact that you attended our implicit bias training, our uh, Dr. King's um, 50th anniversary. Oh, it was uh, my honor. Uh, and you spoke, you spoke so eloquently regarding uh, all of the where you were from, uh, who you were named after, uh, you were proud to say that you stand on many people's shoulders uh, mm-hmm. from the Gandhi uh, era and uh, at their expense and how they mm-hmm. paved the way for you. So you mm-hmm. pretty much know your history. I think because society has failed to uh, implement our history in our educational systems, Some of our people just don't have any hope. They have no training. They don't know their history. Some of them are not even educated Mm -hmm. to the point that they don't know how to carry the pride and the dignity and the eloquence of our people that have paved the way for us. Now, with that being said, uh, we spoke, I heard you and Paul speak about uh, biases earlier. Yes. Mm-hmm. and um, how uh, it is perceived, and that we all have biases, and that is so yes. true. Mm-hmm. But we have the power to not only control our biases as human beings, we have the power to 
eradicate them simply because you cannot continue to judge book a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. These two young men were in that Starbucks again, I'll point them out, and mm-hmm. they were not dressed in a suit and tie. Not yes. even the white guy that was meeting them to transact business was dressed in a tie or a suit. Mm-hmm. So I cannot perhaps look at you and gauge or judge the fact that when you walk into my establishment, you're not there for business, that you're there just to wreak havoc on someone. However, there is a a great deal of, uh, I understand, um, merchandise snatching. Uh, Mm -hmm. you got these uh, flash mobs that are coming through the urban city. Mm -hmm. We also have a very high opium uh, percentage out here in DuPage County. Yes. Where mm-hmm. cars are being broken in, stores mm-hmm. are being stolen out of, and those things don't always get reported as they should be reported mm-hmm. on a daily basis simply because you don't want to upset citizens that may be concerned about these kind of things. But it is said in some cases that these are people coming out from the urban city uh, that are inflicting uh, crime into the areas out here. So mm-hmm. you, 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 you just can't, you have to look at the data with these kind of things, and you will find that mm-hmm. it is more promoted about the disenfranchisement, uh, unemployment, and everything else when it comes to the urban city. And yes. these things are always blamed on the fact that, well, you know, uh, there's lack of education in the city, uh, the schools are closing, and things like that. As a minority, we have come a long ways when we didn't have the rights to even read and write. And I venture to say that our dignity was mm-hmm. much more on a higher percentage level than perhaps that it is today. But it is a class warfare that's going on in the urban city. And mm-hmm. that's a whole nother problem you have to deal with because the have-nots will certainly find the haves. Because that's always the gonna, case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not going to go hungry or they're not going to allow their children to go hungry. So if I am uh, basically shut down for opportunity, uh, for an opportunity mm-hmm. of education that I know the the same budget uh, is, is, is distributing funding to uh, western, um, in northern suburb schools and western suburb schools more so than it is the urban city, then I'm, I'm going to be left with very little hope. Now, that's not an excuse for them to rob me, you, my store, or anything mm-hmm. else, but there's a systemic problem that we all must sit down and take a look at. And I'll say something else, too, about one of the very important We're going to go to break and come back and pick this conversation up, so I would love for you to just hold that thought. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. 
the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call one 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Cass Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the final segment of the episode, Building Safe Communities via Citizen Law Enforcement Partnership. Regina, as we were going for our break, you wanted it, uh, you were bringing up the topic of the importance of accountability. So I really want you to take a moment and share your thoughts on why accountability is important as we look at the partnership and building safe communities. Thank you. Well, Cass, there are there are rules and regulations for all of us, mm-hmm. um, whether it's our profession or just being a, a plain citizen. We mm-hmm. have to have law and order. Mm-hmm. However, just as the civilian is held accountable for their behavior, so mm-hmm. should law enforcement be held accountable. I just do believe that uh, the having a conversation with the Fraternal Order of Police, with mm-hmm. the state's attorneys, with the prosecutors, with the law enforcement officers to say, can you hold, when, when will you hold exactly your establishment accountable for the mishaps and the injustices that they do? There's not a great deal of them. 
but there are bad apples in every bunch. And I'm just hoping and praying that we can get to that point where people will be held accountable for what they do. Now, when it comes to citizens, they must be held accountable because there is a law that we need to have in place in order to keep order. And then Mm -hmm. at that point in time, we can move on to social progress because social progress will help us to define where we're going opposed to where we have been. We need to see change, and change is not inevitable if we all come to the table and hold ourselves accountable. Yes, and truly now, remember that we are our brother's keepers. doesn't matter what our are, brothers and sisters look like. We are our brother's keepers because what hurts me should concern you and vice mm-hmm. versa. Uh, that's why I am so honored that I'm going to be one of your guests uh, or participants for the June uh, event that's coming up, the annual empowerment uh, uh, event regarding trust and accountability. Yes, I am Uh, so looking forward to this, Regina, because it is a conference for two days. It's going to center on the theme of building trust and bringing accountability into our governmental agencies and Mm -hmm. building a trust-based citizen agency involvement. And you are going to be part of a panel that includes police, fire, as well as technology solution providers who are providing analytics and the tools to help law enforcement and public safety professionals overcome their bias and use actual fact-based data to make decisions so that we don't see these fear-based, bias instinct-based actions in communities that we end up seeing on TV. Yes. We can, we, as a human being, as a minority, if we see that government, law enforcement, and other organizations uh, who are, have a, a, a vested interest in what's going to happen with our future, that builds trust. That's why my events are based on the police participating as well as anybody else. Because I want them, as Paul Scott said earlier, to see them in a non-service position. I want them to see them. I want those young people to see their human side and how, and I like for them to uh, share with these young people that they've not always been the police, that they were youth at one time and they got yes. into trouble for some reason or another, but mm-hmm. they found a better way and a better path to engage in society without being uh, a burden. I just, I just attended a Tuskegee Airmen gala where, and right out here in DuPage County at an airport hangar where they must have had over 500 people there. And they were promoting these young people, black young men and women, to become pilots and cadets. Mm-hmm. And they stay on the premises for 10 weeks. And these guys told me after they finished their 10-week program, they move on to top 10 colleges. So they're giving an opportunity to indulge in the, the, the normalcy of life, opposed yes. to being uh-huh. in an urban city in gangs, selling drugs, being incarcerated 
they've picked mm-hmm. a different route simply because of opportunity. But, yes. you know, we are responsible for that, and we should be accountable for making sure that they get the same privileges. Yes, and our community and our children in our community need to see us, men and women of different races, from different backgrounds, working together for their future. Because children yes. learn from what they see, not what they're told. And it becomes us adults. It makes our adults. job so much easier. Yes. It and, makes, which is, it makes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what color we are. It, it's, we're, we're put in a position to serve society. Yes. And that's what I've been raised to do, that once you receive your education and you become a a citizen who has a decent job and a, dis- a decent place to stay, then you will feel energy. You will want to go out into the social world and add yes. to mm-hmm. the divine parts of life oh, as I to totally what it agree. is expected mm-hmm. of you. Totally agree. And, Regina, I cannot believe we are really, really out of time, but I want to remind our audience if you want to continue to engage in this discussion, actually voice your opinions and be a part of this dialogue, I urge you to go to AGA, Greater Chicago Chapter's website, and enroll for the conference that's coming up on the 4th and 5th of June. Regina is going to be a part of the panel that is going to take questions from the citizens and the audience, and our goal is to bring government accountability and citizen engagement together so that we build communities that empower our citizens. And Regina, I cannot thank you enough for participating in this uh, episode and having this very, very important conversation. You and I have had similar conversations and we will continue to have them. My pleasure, Dr. Henry. Always an honor. I thank you and you have a great night. You too. Thank you very much. And to my audience, the show is all about our shared journey and staying true to this goal. I will continue to bring content that every one of you are interested in engaging because this is to help us transform ourselves as well as our communities. So please keep your messages and emails coming to me. I can be reached at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. That is D-R-K-A-S-H-E-N-R-Y at hotmail.com. And time and time again, everybody seems to think that I'm only one person. I cannot make a difference. And to them, I would like to uh, share some words of wisdom from a Persian poet, Rumi. Uh, He talks about how every individual is not a drop in the ocean, but they are an entire ocean in a drop. Each of us, each of us are the sum total of the entire universe embodied in a person. And as a representative of this universe, we have the ability to make an impact. We do have the ability to change the lives of others. So please, let's step out of our comfort zone. Let's not sit back. This is not the time to sit back. And we're not just one person. We are the entire world, the entire universe in the form of a person. And if we all come together, we truly can make a difference. And we have so much to do and miles to go before we say our job is done. So let's work together. Let's stand on each other's shoulders and continue the work of the uh, 
people who have come before us and let's continue to build the kind of inclusive society that is safe and secure for not just us, but for our children. Um, Let's not forget, as we go through our journey this week, next week, over the course of the months, that we all have an opportunity to help other people transform. Every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go out there, transform lives, and let's not forget to start with our own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.